here we are, the year of COVID, and a couple missed games this week for the Spartans this weekend. Let's just dive into it. Who's out? What's going on? What's coming up? And then we're going to do a little NBA talk. So let's get ready on another episode of Grass is Always Greener. Ready? One, two. of grass is always greener here's your host ryan elke welcome into another episode grass is always greener i'm your host ryan elke follow us on twitter always green msu follow me on twitter ryan el underscore key you can download the podcast apple google spotify well not a fun week i mean we've had better weekends we've had worse weekends but this weekend it it, it just stinks msu uh, Wednesday had to cancel their game versus Iowa due to COVID issues. Then it comes out a day later that they're going to postpone their game that was supposed to happen on Sunday versus Indiana. And here is what we know. Um, Tuesday, Tom Izzo announced that two players, Mati Soko and Steven Izzo, tested positive for COVID-19. And then as they're traveling to get ready for Wednesday, Actually, right after I finished the last episode, um, they announced that another player has tested positive and their game versus Iowa has postponed. And for a while, we didn't know who that third player was. It was just player X. There's no names released, nothing given out. And then I believe it was on Dan Dockich's radio show is what I saw on Twitter or just a Sirius XM radio show. Tom Izzo goes on and says that Josh Lankford is the third player to test positive for COVID-19. Now, what the rules are for that is that they have to be in isolation for 10 days, keep testing negative, and due to the Big Ten and their rules, you have another seven days out to have your heart testing done. So that was that's kind of the timeline now. So here's what the timeline is. Maddie Soko tested positive January 10th. He is eligible to return, first eligible, January 27th. With the games going on right now, he is scheduled to just miss one game. That'd be Thursday's game, uh, January 23rd versus Illinois. Steven Izzo, I'll give the timeline, even though he probably wouldn't play. He tested positive Tuesday, January 12th. He's roommates with Sissoko, so he's out till January 29th. He'd be scheduled to miss Illinois versus Rutgers. Rutgers play, they play Rutgers on the 28th. Jeremy Langford test positive January 13th, so therefore he's out until January 30th. He would just miss Illinois and Rutgers as well. He would become eligible, possibly eligible. If he keeps testing negative. The next, um, their next game he'd be eligible for is January 31st at Ohio State. I mean, we could talk. It's it's a big loss. Blah 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 blah. It just stinks. It's the COVID world. It just stinks when you're not having a. Not having the season you thought you were, just more of an inconsistent season. And then a player who felt like he was finally getting his groove back after like two years of being out with injury gets hit with a virus. I mean, you just feel for Josh Langford, 
for what has just happened his last three years of trying to play collegiate basketball. I mean, nothing has been easy for this man, and he's just a nice dude, just smart, smart individual. I mean, this guy is he's at media availability as much as he can. He's kind of the it just stinks. We all feel for him for someone to just work as hard as he did to just even want to give up playing basketball after his two years of injuries to come back to finally be playing to not have the injury like resurface after two years. And then you get hit with this and you're out for, for two and a half weeks. And it's not like in those two and a half weeks, like, okay, you'll just, you'll just work out really hard. It's like you're, you're in isolation those first 10 days. Like you gotta be creative. It's, it's, it just, it stinks. Who know, who knows even if some of these games will be played. So the three players out, Illinois versus 23rd. It, I mean, it's possible that one's at home. Who knows? And also, like, even to go along with the three players out on the men's team, the women's team's having their own COVID issues. They're supposed to have a game against Michigan Monday. That has been postponed, so a little bit of an outbreak right now within Michigan State Athletics. And to make it even better, their semester starts Tuesday, their new semester. It's just – I want to say it's a rough time. It's just – a blah time because we all hope that these players are going to do what like are doing well they're being health they're staying healthy but again just getting the kind of those games ripped away from me as a fan it just it just stinks it it just stinks that i've kind of looked at the schedules to see if it's possible for msu to make up these games versus iowa and indiana and there's Really not much wiggle room. Like Michigan State kind of had their wiggle room this week, and you're probably not going to make up any games, you know, tomorrow with your team still having three players test positive. And, like, looking later on the schedule, like after, like, this these couple days off, it's in the routine of, like, the Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday type schedule from here on out until the last week of the season. That's when Michigan State finally has like an open week. And that's from February 27th to, was it March 1st or to March 7th? That that first week of March is kind of Michigan State's next open week. So, and looking at Iowa's schedule, they can't, they really don't have the room to make up a game right now. They're, they're two games a week for the rest of the season. So it'd be really hard for them to make that one up. Indiana, it's possible the week of March 1st, like that last one, but it'd be a very tight timeline because I think Indiana plays like Saturday and like Saturday's back-to-back. Michigan State plays the Sunday's back-to-back. So it'd be a really tight squeezing to try to fit in like a Wednesday game against Indiana. And plus they Michigan State does play Indiana and Iowa later on the season, so it might just be called a wash at this point because you are getting you are getting those games in versus those teams. You're just losing two games. So MSU does face Iowa February 13th at home, then go to Indiana a week later, February 20th. It's just a bummer, man. It's uh it's it I don't know what to say at this point. Like I'm sure we were all like 
tiny bit relieved that Iowa got postponed being it's versus Iowa being it's a nine o'clock tip off on a Thursday. So I'm sure we, there's like the small sigh of relief of like, okay, like players are healthy. There's good. I can just, I can relax on a Thursday night. I have to stay up till midnight to maybe watch my team get shellacked by the best player in the country, Luca Garza. But man, it's, it's just stinks. Like he's, I know we're all fatigued of like the pandemic and COVID and game cancellations, but it just shows that, you know, when you're traveling and you're around these people, like around people all the time, it just pops up. Like we're damn near a year into this thing and it, we're still learning the lessons. I mean, I'm not saying a cancellation of any basketball seasons or this that that it just keeps showing that it's impossible to just try to keep a team healthy the entire way with zero issues some teams are going to get lucky and be able to do it some teams you end up like michigan state doing all the right things your coach got it you know right before the season started now your players are getting it the middle of the season Shows even if sometimes you're doing the right thing, it can just somehow just be there. Well, that's that's where we're at on uh, Michigan State basketball right now. And I'm going to dive a little bit into just looking at the NBA because as if you didn't notice, I'm sure you did notice, Xavier Tillman has been playing out of his mind. And the fact that he slid to 35th overall in the NBA draft is still mind-boggling. Like, it never... I never get why some of these college players that play three, four years have great stats, have the great hustle, have the great effort, have great personality. They, they slip to the second round because they're not 19. Because these NBA executives just think, well, I have three more years of control of this guy. Like we can have them. We can keep signing low. It's like, do you want a guy just for control, or do you want a guy who's ready to play and contribute? Because Xavier Tillman came in ready to contribute, and that's exactly what he's doing. Had a little bit of an injury to start his NBA career, so he didn't start playing until a couple weeks ago, playing eight games already, or seven games already, eight points per game, get 19 minutes a game, which is nice, 3.6 rebounds, shooting 55% from the field. In his last game he played, he played... I'm recording this before he plays his game on Sunday night. The last game he played, 15 points, four steals, four rebounds, two assists, and had a game-sealing winning defensive play where he forced Tobias Harris to step out of bounds on the baseline because of his defense. Like We all knew Xavier Tillman was going to be great in the NBA. There's no question about it. The fact that Every NBA team passed on him in the first round is still remarkable to me. You want someone who's mature, ready to play, can play down low and plays defense and can step outside. And you're telling me that dude's not a top 20 pick. Some of these NBA executives, they over, they overthink too much. Take the guy like, it's there for like it's right there in front of you. There's Avery Tillman. Now Memphis gets the benefit off of not only MSU once, but twice. Cause they also have Jaron Jackson Jr. Got I'll get into him uh, 
He hasn't played yet this season. Uh, Torn is, is MCL in August when they were in the bubble, so he's still recovering, but it sounds like he's about to return soon. So I believe he just had a quote out. He goes, uh, you know, you're going to be surprised how quick, you know, I'm going to come back. And that was a couple days ago. So it sounds like he's getting real close to being able to play. Um, as for Cassius Winston, only one game play, only a couple minutes so far in the regular season played. He's out with the Washington Wizards. Second round pick, he's been on a two-way contract. So for the first few, you know, most of the games, he hadn't been active on the NBA roster. Then I believe it was Russell Westbrook got hurt for Washington. So that elevated Cash Winston up. He got in at the end of the game, got one assist. And right after that game, the Wizards have been pretty much been shut down with COVID issues on their team. I believe the Wizards had up to five players testing positive. I don't believe Cassius is one of them. But again, it's hard to kind of get names out of all of this, but I haven't seen anything on social media that it is him. Granted, I haven't seen anything about which players it has been anyway. Uh, other Spartans in the league right now, Gary Harris still with the Denver Nuggets, averaging 10 points a game, 31 minutes, one steal. He's been kind of like, he's missed the last two games um, for some personal reasons, but I mean, good for him. The dude's gotten his money. Got a nice contract from Denver. He's making... I believe somewhere between like 15, 20 million a year with the Nuggets. It's just, but that's kind of been his stat line in his career. It's like that 10 points, you know, a couple rebounds a game. I was expecting a little more out of the pros, but that's kind of what he was, you know, when he was at Michigan State. He had some big games, but he was around that like 12 to 14 point mark per game. So, but regarded around the league as one of the better def- defenders on the perimeter. So, Nice to see Gary Harris still surviving and thriving in the league. Uh, Bryn Forbes, he was with the San Antonio Spurs, now with the Milwaukee Bucks, just signed there this past offseason. Nice move for them. Kind of escaped the Spurs. They're, they're, for as long as the Spurs have been a great team, they're they're old and they're just, they're just not that great anymore. So good for Forbes to kind of escape that situation, which – was a good situation for him. The fact that he went there, you know, out of MSU, earned his playing time, earned some starting spots, was playing heavy minutes. That was great for him and great to learn under Greg Popovich. And great for Forbes to kind of get out there when, you know, the ship was kind of sinking and he can hop to one of the better teams in the NBA in Milwaukee. Only playing 17 minutes a game right now. Averaging close to eight points a game, shooting 43% from three. That's what this dude did. He's, he, he's hopefully going to be like like a Kyle Korver type player where it's just like you're bouncing around year after year after year to the good teams because you can shoot in the 40% from th- the, the three. Like awesome for Bryn Forbes to, to be playing in the NBA. Because I'll be honest, I, didn't, I wasn't sure if he'd be an NBA player coming out just because of his size. And – just the fact that he is strictly a three-point shooter. Wasn't sure if the people would just want just that out of him. So it's nice for Forbes to craft an NBA career out of all of this. Um, let's see. Denzel Valentine still in Chicago. He's been there for his whole career right now. He's had a lot of injuries in his pro career, but this year he's doing all right. Nine games played, seven points per game, four rebounds, two assists, shooting 
almost 40% from three. I mean, it's what I say. National player of the year. You expect more out of him in the pros, but his first few years, he was just hurt. And I'd love to, like, and the Chicago Bulls are now just a mess of an organization. I'd love to see him kind of get out there and go. I mean, Chicago has the team set up to where someone like Valentine should be playing a little more. But it'd be nice if he was on a team like the Pistons this year and was more doing like the Josh Jackson type real rehabilitation of your game this year where it's like, yeah, your pro career hasn't gone the way you've wanted it to, or other people have wanted it to let's get you right. Let's get you the minutes. Go play. I'd love to see that happen for Valentine. So I think he has the great size, the great passing skills and a three point shot to survive in this NBA. And granted, he still is surviving in the NBA. still playing. I just think he sh- like with a better opportunity, he could be playing a lot better. Uh, Draymond Green, it's it's been a rough year for him. <laughs> Not gonna lie, it's been a rough year. Um, you may have seen a lot of clips over social media, over Twitter, last week's about you know uh, people who say they know the game of basketball don't really know the game of basketball and starts going into different details. And he's right. And honestly, Gray- Draymond Green's going to be a fantastic coach for TV analysts, which everyone he chooses when he, when he decides to hang it up. But this year has not been good for him for Golden State. Eight games played, only averaging four points per game. But what else is that? He's getting, what, five rebounds over six and a half assists average per game, one and a half, one and a half steals per game as well. So like those numbers are still good. The rebounds, the assists, the steals, those numbers are still on. His assists are actually higher than his career average. Like those are great numbers. Gotta do more than four points a game, man. Especially with someone who puts target on his back, like Draymond Green. I love I love Draymond Green. Don't get me wrong. But I'm sure Golden State would wish they could get a little more than four points out of you. But it's been nice kind of seeing him how he got to go do kind of those TV studio shows during the bubble last season, kind of wrapping up that season because he is great. Great. He is smart. He knows what he's talking about. And then, like, when these recent tweets surfaced with him talking about the game of basketball and showing clips with him and their center, James Wiseman, him just going over like the the stat line and goes, "You took six shots as a center." Goes, I don't like that. And then he starts pointing at like the rebounds and like the blocks and like all these other stats. He's, he's just kind of circling. Them. He goes, "That's what we need to work on right here. Like that's your bread and butter. That's your money maker. I don't need six shots from you right now. I need these numbers." So I think it'll be very interesting when he decides to retire which direction he goes because you can go make your easy money being a TV analyst for the next 30 years of your life. And grand, no one's going to hate you for it, but I don't know if, if Draymond Green want to dabble a little bit in the coaching circuit, see what he can do in the college coaching. So I think it'd be very interesting to see someone like that with that kind of, I'm just with that kind of mouth just in college basketball. I mean, it sets you up for a lot when you lose, but it's great when you win. So it'll be interesting to see where Draymond, what Draymond Green does. I mean, Grant, he's only 30 years old. He's as old as I am. But 
So he's probably got another at least four or five years of playing left before he really has to make that decision. And maybe he does both. Maybe he does TV a few years, then goes into coaching. Uh, who knows? But I think he'd be great at both. So whenever his career is over, I'd like to see which direction he goes. And finally, one more Spartan that is in the NBA still. That's Miles Bridges. And him with LaMelo Ball has just been a highlight reel down in Charlotte. Like, I'm sure you've seen the highlights. I've been trying to retweet him. He's been getting those alley-oops. He's been getting those dunks. Like, that one tomahawk dunk he had the other night. My God. Driving baseline, someone jumps up for a block. He brings it all the way, reaching back like he had a wedgie, and he just, like, need to fix something. Scratches the small of his back with the ball, brings it up, slams it down. It's nice to see him finally just kind of off-ball more and have a point guard that knows how to get him the ball where he can finish. Charlotte's going to be a very exciting team. I think with Mile Bridges, we'll be seeing a lot of them on ESPN. So you have LaMelo Ball there. You have Gordon Hayward there, kind of the leader of the team. Miles Bridges. You have, I think, like P.J. Washington out of Kentucky, Malik Monk. Like, like they have some exciting players down in Charlotte, Miles Bridges. We'll be seeing a lot of them on Twitter and SportsCenter at those dunks. Just got to win those games. So as for Bridges' stats, 9.3 points per game. His points have kind of been all over the place. Like, he has games where it's like 20 points, 17 points, 15 points, and then we've gotten a few clunkers where it's like one, three, four. So he's got to find a little more consistently offensively. Like, his number, his shooting numbers are great. 45% from the field, 41% from three, 93% from the free throw line. That's great. You just got to be a little more consistent. And so that's that's kind of your uh, wrap-up of the Spartans in the pros. Said right, I think there's eight right now. You have Winston, Tillman, Gary Harris, Miles Bridges, Bryn Forbes, Draymond Green, Denzel Valentine, Jaron Jackson Jr. Those are your eight. So that's kind of going to wrap it up for me. Coming up for Michigan State, like I said, who knows what's going to happen with this basketball program right now. As their next game is scheduled for Thursday versus Illinois, or excuse me, Saturday versus Illinois on January 23rd. So that's a long, long time until, you know, we kind of get a decision of what's going to happen. MSU, they haven't been even holding team practices right now. They've been just doing kind of smaller group workouts, try to avoid everyone kind of getting together because you do have three tiers players that tested positive. So as of now, they're Tosoko, Izzo, Langford, all scheduled to miss that Illinois game because of the COVID protocols. And they're out for 17 days. And then Izzo and Langford scheduled to miss the Rutgers game January 28th because it's 10 days of isolation and then seven days to kind of get your heart checked and make sure everything's still good. And so we'll hopefully see this full team back ready to go January 31st against Ohio State at Ohio State. So who knows what's going to happen with this season? Who know, like we, we just don't know. It's just a waiting game, as my friend used to say, because we thought Tuesday when it was kind of when it was announced that 
Sissoko and Izzo tested positive. We thought that was it. And we didn't even have the like the exact timeline. We thought they both kind of tested positive the same day. Turns out it was Sissoko Sunday, then Izzo Tuesday. Then Tom Izzo comes, does media availability. I believe it was Tuesday right after that to announce that two players tested positive. Still on for Iowa. You know, unless Iowa feels uncomfortable, they can postpone the game. Then Wednesday, news comes out. Player X tested positive. Game against Iowa's off. Game against Indiana's off. So this is kind of how this COVID, like, I don't have to explain it to you. We've been, we've been through this for a whole year. It's kind of just how things are going to go. So until this team can be fully healthy, then we'll get back in our season. But let's just go. I'm going I'm to wrap it up. That's another episode of Grass is Always Greener. I have another episode out probably middle of the week when we kind of get more information and more closer towards the end of the week. Just kind of give it a few days. Maybe around Thursday we'll have a little more information, see if the game against Illinois is going to happen. I believe Illinois, they just lost to Ohio State this past weekend as well. I'm going to check on that real quick. Because I know Iod Somo and Kofi Cokeburn did not have that great of games um, the other day. Yeah, Ohio State beat Illinois 87-81 Saturday night. So, another loss for Illinois. Michigan got their first loss against Minnesota. That game was going to happen. Like, I I talked about that in the last episode with Michigan being undefeated. Like, that game was coming. Like, the loss was coming, not the blown out by 20. And so, the thing for Michigan now, are they going to repeat what they were last year when they lost their first game like versus Louisville? Are they going to be a 500 team the rest of the way? Or does this team make up a little different? Juwan Howard has learned, and they can go on and be a better team. Who knows? Only time will tell. You know, we got a couple weeks before Michigan, Michigan State actually happens. That's going to be the first week of February, February 6th. Again, that's, that's the episode. Grass is always greener. Download, subscribe, leave five-star reviews. Um, if you really like it, five stars means the best. If you don't like it, five stars um, you're rating it five out of five. That's last. So just remember that. So that that's five out of five if you don't like it. Because you're putting what place I'd be in. If you love it, five stars is awesome. You always want more stars. Um, anyways, download, subscribe, Apple, Google, Spotify. We'll be back later in the week. Talk more Michigan State basketball, a little football. Well, women's basketball, hopefully they're back to normal in wrestling. Anyways, as always, go green. Ready? One, two. That's another episode of Grass is Always Greener. Make sure you subscribe. Apple, Google, or Spotify. Why not all three?